Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 81 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so happy that you're with me today. Now, you are catching me during the week that my son is graduating from high school, which, as you can imagine, is a really big deal. And in fact, I'm recording this on Thursday of the week that he graduates on Friday night. And so we have all kinds of family coming in and... Um, We plan on this weekend to do a party with social distancing in our backyard. So I am just super, super, super excited. But as I was planning for all the things, it reminded me of something that I have often struggled with. And I thought I would share it with you guys. Because in the past, and maybe a little right now too, I have struggled with just a little bit of perfectionism which means that I want everything to go off perfectly, whether it's how my house is clean or how things are organized or just all the little details that have to happen when you have guests in your home, or at least the things that I think have to happen when I have guests in my home. And I've realized more and more that when I can share and show my messy to the people closest to me, and even to maybe new friends, it really opens the door for some authenticity and some vulnerability. So I know that that's a valuable thing. But again, this is a tendency that I struggle with. So part of that tendency is also expecting the people around me to kind of hop to it and do what I ask them to do in order to reach my goals. And of course, that involves my teens and my husband who are really good about calling me on it when I'm being unreasonable, which isn't always fun or comfortable, but I'm really grateful that they can call me out on it. And I think that's a really healthy thing for all of us. What I am thinking about this week, and I'm curious about with you guys is, have you ever caught yourself thinking or even saying to your teens or to your spouse or to anyone really, something along the lines of, if you would just, and you can fill in the blank here, be more respectful, do what I tell you to do, follow the rules, do your homework, do your chores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then I wouldn't get so fill in the blank, angry, frustrated, disappointed, sad, mad, like whatever your emotion is that you would fill in there. Um, yeah, me too. Fortunately, as I mentioned before, I've gotten a lot better at recognizing when I'm getting into that crazy spiral of thinking and stopping those kinds of thoughts in their tracks, because I recognize it for what it is, which is me trying to put what's under my own umbrella underneath my teen's umbrella or my spouse's umbrella or whoever's umbrella that I'm telling, hey, if you didn't do that, then I wouldn't feel this way. So if this is your first time with me, under my umbrella is a visual that my good friend Tammy Scow, who's also a licensed counselor, came up with to explain what healthy boundaries are. So just a quick explanation. The only thing under my umbrella are my own thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors, emotions, beliefs, values, etc. Anyone else's belongs firmly under their umbrella. So if you want to know a little more about that, you can um, head to my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP81. 
I've got a link to an episode where I talked about that and to a graphic that you can download. But going back to my original question, you can see why that thought is flawed. Nothing that anyone else does, including my teens, nothing that they do controls what's underneath my umbrella. So when they aren't being the respectful, obedient, rule following, homework doing, chore finishing offspring or students that I would prefer them to be, And I'm going to pause here because if you're multitasking or if you're a little distracted or just listening with one ear, I'm going to ask you to come back to me for a second because this is super important. So when my teens are not meeting my expectations, I am still in control of all the things under my own umbrella. And you are too which means that our teens do not control whether or not we're angry or frustrated or disappointed or sad or even happy or excited or joyful or any of the positive things that you might think of. We do. We control those things. And if you're like me, that might be a little bit of a paradigm shift. In fact, for me, I didn't realize how much pressure and responsibility I was putting on the people around me, including my kids, to own my feelings and my actions and my behaviors until I had that shift. And then I started recognizing when I was doing it all over the place. But here's the thing. When you can take responsibility for what's under your own umbrella, it means that you're showing up as a grown up, not only with your teens, but with everyone else too. It means you're managing yourself and you're taking responsibility for what you believe and what you value, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, how you're acting. And that can be a little bit scary because that means you're more vulnerable to being wrong and making mistakes and having to make amends. And maybe I should say it's not that you're more vulnerable to it because we are always making mistakes and being wrong and having to make amends. But taking responsibility for it is sometimes a little bit elusive, right? It's hard to do that. It's so easy to put that responsibility off on other people because, hey, it's easier to blame someone else than to let the buck stop with you. And I am the first to admit that. It requires a lot of humility to own everything under your umbrella. The flip side, Owning my own stuff helps me have a lot more compassion for the people around me because I know how I want to be treated when I own up to my messes. So it's much easier to extend that kind of grace to others because who wants to be shamed when you're taking responsibility for the messes that you've made? I want to show up as the grown up with my teens so that I can connect with them and mentor and guide them and model what adulting looks like for them. And to me, the biggest part of adulting is what I just said, taking responsibility for your own messes and showing up authentically and vulnerably. And that's really hard to do. Showing up as that grown up or that mentor for your teens has a lot of different facets, whether you're in the classroom or you're in your homes. You've got to know yourself, you've got to know your teens, and you've got to know your stuff. And here's what I mean by that. Knowing yourself means that you're able to take an honest look at what makes you, you. What are your strengths? What are your challenges? What are the things that trigger you? And when you're well-versed in all those things, you can leverage what works for you and mitigate what doesn't. 
for me, I know that my strengths are things like communication and compassion, teaching, enthusiasm, and spontaneity. My weaknesses are, and this would be big fat number one on the list, my pride. Owning up to being wrong is often excruciating and shameful for me. And as I mentioned before, I have perfectionistic tendencies and I am definitely not the most organized person. Now, I also know that my top of the list trigger is basically it's out and out defiance. When my teens or my students, when I taught, give me an outright no or refuse to comply, that pushes my buttons like nothing else. So can you say control freak? I'm also triggered by smaller things too. Um, And this I also discovered when I was teaching. Things like someone poking my arm to get my attention or feeling crowded in a small space. Um, Those are things I figured out as a teacher when students would swarm my desk and surround me and just, ugh, it, it just, I guess it gave me a claustrophobic feeling. So I had to be really clear about some boundaries there with my students and with my kids. I taught them to never poke me on the shoulder. There were other ways that they had for getting my attention. Anyway, knowing these things about myself helps me recognize where I am in the moment so that I can respond thoughtfully instead of reacting instinctually. So I I feel all those feelings, that tightness in my chest, my heart pounding, all the things that signal like maybe I'm in flight, fight, or freeze. And I can take a breath, and respond from a place of thoughtfulness instead of just the knee jerk kind of flailing about that I would normally do without thinking about what I'm doing. Okay, moving on to knowing your teens. If you want to show up as the grown up with your teens, you have to become a student of who they are. What are their strengths, their challenges, their triggers? And here's a funny thing. I found out with my teens that oftentimes my strengths are what trigger them. How's that for a perfect storm? So let's take teaching, for instance. Right now, here's what I'm hearing from my 16-year-old a lot. Things like, ugh, you don't have to turn this into a lesson, mom. I'm just trying to talk to you. I've really had to reflect on that, and I realized that she was right. In my mind, our time together is slipping away so quickly, and I want to teach her, there it is, everything I can before she launches into the world. And the same with my son. He just doesn't react quite the same way because he's a different kid. But back to my daughter, I need to be sure that I'm also just listening to her and enjoying our moments together, not using every little thing as a teachable moment. Another way my strengths trigger both my teens, my enthusiasm. I've gotten a lot of, you are so extra mom, you're making too big a deal of this. Ironically, they're not just talking about negative things. They're talking about all the good things that I get excited about for them and want to celebrate with them. Now, I have a feeling, especially on that one, and maybe this is my wishful thinking, that that's going to be one of the things they appreciate about me later on in life. What I have to do right now, though, is walk a fine line between being me, because I am enthusiastic, and respecting who they are and what they need from me. Curbing my enthusiasm might take a lot of effort on my part, 
but it also may open the door to my teens sharing more of their experiences with me. It's just a total balancing act. One of the parts of showing up as a grown-up with my teens that is definitely not my favorite is when they do need a lesson or they do need some kind of reinforcement to learn a life skill or to to learn a boundary. So handing out consequences is not my favorite thing. In fact, I detest it, but I also know that it's very necessary. And I'm not handing out consequences to my teens just to punish them. In fact, quite the opposite. What I really try to do is connect whatever has happened with a consequence that fits, something that makes sense in the moment. So for instance, there have been times in the past where maybe one of my kids has been super disrespectful and unkind either to me or to someone else in our family, and I will confiscate their phones. And the way that that's connected is, if they cannot communicate kindly to their family, then I'm going to wait to see until they can. I'm going to look for evidence that they can communicate well with their family before I will let them communicate with their friends. So that's the little tie-in. The thing I keep in mind about consequences for my family and for my teens is that I have to know them and know their currency for any kind of consequence to be effective. So what is their currency? Is it video games? Is it phone time? Is it time with friends? Knowing what will work to get their attention is really valuable. And then making sure there's that connection between what we're dealing with, the situation we're dealing with, and the consequence that is tied to that and tied to their currency, being able to figure that out and walk that line is super important as well when you're showing up as the grown-up for your teen. And then the third thing is knowing your stuff. And here's what I mean by that. When you can gather all the tools and strategies and methods and information you can, you can create your own manual for parenting your teens. And here's the thing, you could read five parenting books on, let's just say the topic I was just talking about, um, consequences in teens. And all five of those books will contradict each other. And for me, what I have figured out is that when I know myself, when I know my teens, when I know what our family values are, then I can read books like the parenting books that I talked about and pull from them what I feel like will work for me will work for my kids, will work for my family. There is nothing out there that's ever going to be an exact fit for who we are, who my teens are, who our family is, who I am. So I have to know all of us well and be really clear so that I can hold up different resources to who we are and decide what works or not. So I will add this to that. Whether you're a parent or a teacher, you don't need me to tell you that every teen is different. And not only are they all unique, they're all shifting and changing constantly, which means that even if you've kind of put together this mental toolkit or parenting or teaching manual, something that you use to connect or communicate with your teens yesterday might not work today or tomorrow. And that means that you not only have to know them and know all your strategies and, and have that toolkit available, you also have to be constantly on the lookout for ways and opportunities to reach them. 
Okay, full disclosure here. I just went back and listened to what I just said, and I'm so laughing at myself because I'm thinking about my daughter and her complaint that everything that I talk to her about is a lesson. And is it any wonder with that kind of mindset? Anyway, sorry, I'm going to get back on track now. So you want to create the manual for what works for you, the things that align with your values and beliefs, and what works with your teens, the things that speak to them and maybe move the needle with them or spark a connection with them and help them grow. It's about knowing the what and being flexible with the how. So the what would be all the the values and the beliefs and personalities and triggers and challenges and strengths and all those kinds of things. The how would be the tools. So some examples of those tools are things like weekly dates or reading books together or a toolkit of phrases that you can kind of go to and use. Things like help me understand or open-ended questions that can't be answered with yes, no, or fine. Maybe some strategies to get out of a flight, fight, or freeze mode or information on how teens develop in their bodies and in their brains. Just anything that helps you connect with, nurture, teach, mentor, and guide your teens. So when you can do those three things, know yourself, know your teens, and know your stuff, you are showing up as the grown-up your teens need. You're taking the pressure off of them to be responsible for the things outside of their umbrellas, and you're letting them be the growing, developing, messy adolescents that they are, which is huge because that means you're letting them go through the process of figuring out who they are and who they're not, because you already know who you are and who you're not. So if you want to know more about that process, uh, which is developmental appropriateness, be sure to grab my free ebook that you can find on my show notes at theishgirl.com, EP81. And I'd also love to invite you to the parenting workshop that I'm going to be offering in June. You can find all the details about that and sign up for that in my show notes as well. Okay, friends, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate you inviting me into your space. And if this has been helpful to you, I would love for you to head to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and a review for In the Middle of It. That's one of the best ways to help others find the podcast so that they can get all the same benefits that you do from the things that I talk about. So from an ish girl who is so excited to watch her son walk the stage tomorrow night, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. 